Running Wild with Christine, Sex, Success, and Other Slippery Rabbit Holes. Episode 24, let's get fired up. We are here today with Rebecca Renford to talk about enthusiasm and passion and, you know, career transitions, I guess. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited. So Rebecca and I connected over Twitter funnily enough, um, because I was looking for badass people. Yeah, (laughs) I was looking for badass people to talk to in Vancouver. And of course, I reached out to Rebecca. She's like, I moved back to London. I'm like, great, great. Just (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But this works too. Um, Do you want to maybe give the listeners a bit of a background as to who you are, what you do, how you got there? Sure. I am... I actually am Canadian already, originally, and I um, lived in Canada for the first 23 years of life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I only moved to London um, seven years ago, and I've been here ever since, and I've learned a lot in that time, <laughs> and probably most of the things that we're going to talk about, to be honest, um, <laughs> but I think that's not a bad thing. Um, not me, I'm quite happy to be here, and... I'm actually about to uh, start a new job, and I've started up my production company, and that's all very exciting. I know. I'm so excited to get into the nitty-gritty of like the stuff that we prepped, because I think that a lot of people in the creative um, sector of careers are kind of like struggling to make a buck and, and you know juggle like a sort of money fiduciary job and then you know the projects on the side so basically you started by working in uh, marketing and advertising right yeah so my first job I got in London uh surprisingly I got before I actually arrived here I was very lucky um I was interviewed by Skype (laughs) and I got the job and I arrived and I started working at a place I had no idea where it was because I was brand new to the city uh and yeah so I've been doing marketing and advertising with them for quite a long time and as part of that job I've learned a lot about film production and creative and working with creative people so I decided that I really wanted to, to do more of that work and I've been a project manager for a very long time but I'm now in the last few years transitioning into being a producer instead of a project manager and being more creative and more hands-on. Yeah, that's going to be super fun because essentially like that, I only saw the glimpses of your creative work um, when I reached out to you and you worked on some pretty impressive projects. Like I thought they were really cool. And um how do you, so how does the first like big project come around how are you like working your nine to five how do you get into like the big first you know credit honestly I think it really is just about it's about being passionate about what you want to do and really just putting yourself out there and I know that's scary for a lot of people but if you really want to get somewhere you have to do the extra you have to do more than your nine to five when I was in college I worked um one of my um friends who was in the class with me he used to do a lot of work outside of our normal classes outside of our assignments and I kind of always wondered why yeah. <laughs> and also how he managed to fit it all in I didn't know because he wasn't working though and I was at the time yeah. but I when we left uni he went out and got a really good job um, doing the thing that he had been doing during our classes as well as outside of those 
and I struggled a bit more. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, it worked out fine for me in the end. Um, and actually it's brought me to where I am now. But I think that that's a lesson that I've learned and that's what I've applied now is I have known that in order to transition in order to move on to other things, you have to do more than a nine to five. You have to go out there and put yourself out there and talk to people and you have to talk about your passion because if you don't, people don't know what you want. Exactly. Surprisingly, people actually want to help you. So I think that if you talk to people about what you love and about what you want to do, sooner or later people will start coming out of the woodwork and say, I know this person and they can help you out and all that. And that's really, really great. And for me, it happened that somebody I knew at my job he had left the business, but I told him, look, I really want to get into this. Do you know anybody, anything? And he's like, actually, I could really use some help on this. So would you like to help me on this project that I'm doing now? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, that. Just, I just fell into that. Was that Biopunk? I guess, but. <laughs> was, was that um, Biopunk? Pardon? Was that Biopunk? Yes, that's Biopunk. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, yeah, Biopunk is a, it's a short film. Oh, it's actually a concept film. Yeah. Uh, as most people know in the film industry, if independent stuff, is, you'll get paid for it very often. Arabolic, <laughs> uh, <well>, never. <laughs> um, but it's a great way to build your skills and to meet people and to add to your credit list so that you can, can get those paid jobs later on. Yeah. Um, so it's a concept a short a proof of concept basically that the producers could then use to go and gain funding Pitch. so we could have a paid job to yeah. make a feature which yeah. is really exciting it's so um, wonderful very- i recommend everyone i'll be posting your website in the description of the episode it's such beautiful art direction and everything i just thought yeah it looks it looks really cool and so basically he hired well he hired you quote unquote got you on board yeah. as like <laughs> as as what as a project manager or so he brought me on board as a project, uh, product production coordinator, excuse me. Um, and I actually asked him originally, I was like, I'll be a runner, I'll be whatever you need. Yeah, he's yeah, like, no, 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 production coordinator, I'll put you in there. And don't get me wrong, when I started that, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I <laughs> thought that it was going to be a lot of what I'd already done, but there was a lot of things I didn't know, you know, that classic, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things like dealing with hundreds of release forms for extras and I was on set but I was never actually on set I was mostly doing paperwork the entire time yeah um but that was it was still a good experience and I I met so many people and I really enjoyed that everyone turned to me and they knew they could come to me for help for anything and I was kind of I basically ended up being the production manager which is why he ended up giving me that credit in the end that's amazing and then basically yesterday when we were prepping for the episode we were like you just need that one thing because you can say like you know I felt the same way about the book I'm like I'm a writer or like I would never say I'm a writer I'd be like oh I write you know like I try because I had nothing to show and then suddenly you're like oh I was the production manager for this you know concept uh, film and for me it was like oh I wrote a book like it was just like you need that one that one thing at the beginning that sort of like unlocks everything because then you know when people like oh what have you done you can go well I did this and then go from there, but... Exactly, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be just one thing, and that one thing, if you've put everything into it and, you've, and your passion will show through, yeah. and it becomes this snowball effect because, with, for example, with Biopunk, I, Biopunk was a, 
selected for a film, a local film festival nearby in Basingstoke, um, Exit Six Short Film Festival. Yeah, and that was really exciting. And we, so we, I went there with the director to go and obviously see the film at the film festival and get Amazing. involved. And at the film festival, I met another director um, for the next short film that I did. And I ended up meeting with him again a few months later because I had said to him at the film festival. I'd really love to get involved. You know, I production managed Biopunk, which he'd obviously seen yeah. at the film festival. And I said, I would love to help. And then next thing you know, like in a few weeks, he called me and asked me for a meeting and I ended up production managing and ended up actually being co-producer for that as well. That's amazing. So that was another big thing. And soon after that, I also did a music video, which also came through the producer from Biopunk. And you soon, you soon learned that this industry, while it, there's lots of people in it, it's actually a very small world, especially with film festivals totally. and the crew. Everybody, you know, not everybody knows everybody, but you'll find those connections that you didn't expect. For and sure. Yeah, it just becomes a snowball effect, which but, is why, like you were saying, that first thing is so important. And that's why it's so important to put passion into everything that you do. And if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Exactly. And I think it's very funny because, you know, there's this sort of like millennial dichotomy between like, oh, I'm just like, you know, I have to pay my rent. I have to have a job. Like I ha there are all these things that I have to do. And it is hard. Like I was asking you, sir, I was like, how do you balance? And you were like, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's just like, um, I think. No, I don't. <laughs> I think it's like you come to a level where you were saying, you're like, I'm just, that's how, I think you said that's how I've been raised. Like just to give yeah. everything you've got. Yeah. Not being a grinder. I know it's a word to be a grinder, but in the film industry, especially, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are lots of industries that you can in by faking it and sucking up and doing whatever it is that you think you need to do. But in my experience so far, in at least in the film industry anyway, because there's there's so much hard work that needs to, that goes into a film. There's not a lot of time for anyone to slack. Yeah. And part of that is <clears throat> it's just about you have to be a grinder, you have to have the enthusiasm and be want to be there. And it will become apparent to people very quickly. And most people feel this is important. Yeah. However, you'll learn that if you're enthusiastic and if you're a grinder and if you want to make in the sense that, and I'm not saying you have to cater to people all the time. You have to yeah. make yourself happy too. Yeah. But I mean is that you need to make sure that you're doing the best job that you can do and people will appreciate that. It will shine through again yeah because they want that kind of attitude. Yeah. And more and more, every place I talk to, I, I just started a new job, all the places I interviewed, a person. Skills are important, but your personality is just as important too now. Yeah, exactly. And I think the more and more like technology advances and the more skills are like broadened, like I, that's what I related to the most when I was reading your, your bio and your website. You were like, when I'm not putting out fires, I was like, but essentially like that's what you have to be nowadays. Like even as a, as a human being outside of any sort of professional like thing, you still have like you and then like social media is making you brand yourself a certain way and you project yourself a certain way and you have to know you know these technical skills and these social skills and these you have to have this knowledge like 
all of these things are sort of like multitasking all around us and like we don't actually give ourselves the credit sometimes I think as humans to be like actually I'm doing a lot like on a daily I'm doing a lot and it's okay not to know sometimes it's okay to fake it for a minute until you have the right person to ask the question to to be like okay so what is that? Like, what are you, what do you want me to do? And yeah. then just go ahead with, like yeah. you said, passion. Yeah. And I think it's also okay. Like I, I've realized this as well, that I, my, most of my life, I have been a very high achiever. <laughs> I've been that person who I like attention and I get it by achieving things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of why I've ended up in London and I've got this good job and, you know, cause that's what's enabled me to get to where I am. And I think that part of that is I've, had to learn as well that it's okay not to always have a goal and because I've always thought that I needed to have one and in the last few years I've realized especially when you have to balance a full-time job and managing a film on the side yeah like in your evenings and weekends that that takes a lot out of you and I say I don't know how I balanced it obviously I did it I mean maybe it's mostly eating soup and not doing much else except working but but uh, I think that it is a lot about just making sure that you have a goal sometimes and when you need one but it's also okay to take a break and if you need to take a month three months six months where you don't have any goals and you don't have anything that you're working towards because you just need to recharge that's okay yeah you just want to go to work and go home that's okay because you know that you're gonna get bored of that eventually anyway and you'll have another goal again in six months or however long exactly totally fine exactly i feel like it's funny how much pressure is put on people for that like in the book i described like when i um i got to france and i quit my job and i just you know got dumped and all this stuff was happening and everyone around me was sort of like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. I'm going to do nothing for a little while here. I'm just going to figure out what it is that I want to do. Yeah. And I don't want to just set any goal because I need a goal. Like, I just need to, like, take the time to yeah. just figure out what that is. And I think that, you know, anyone who's... Because I have a feeling that, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, like you just turned 30, like I'm getting there and there's like a lot of people around you that are sort of transitioning either into like super family life or like, you know, climbing that social ladder in terms of their job or like realizing actually, fuck, I spent my 20s like doing stuff that I, that I just thought I wanted, but then actually I didn't. And like you said something yesterday and and I'm going to ask you to repeat it, but like, what did you... Like, what was your motto for your late 20s and what did you realize, like, when you turned 30? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in my, I mean, I've always been a people pleaser. I like to make people happy. Um, as in the last couple of years, and more so when I turned 30, that I just don't, yeah. Oh. I think that I, well, don't get me wrong. I do care a little bit. I have some dignity. <laughs> I'm not going to go. Um, but I do think that in my early 20s, I, I didn't care about me, but I did. And now I'm realizing that now I really don't in the sense that I'm going to do me, as yeah. they say. You do you. Yeah. And do what you make, what makes you happy. And yeah. that's what's really important. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's stuck with yourself. And if you made decisions to make other people happy, they're gone. They've gone and done whatever it is that they wanted to do. Exactly. And you're left behind. 
wondering why you spent so, so much of your short time on this earth trying to make someone else happy or see you a certain way when really if they like it then great if they don't too bad <laughs> and, it, and it's such a big thing like yesterday we were talking totally about careers and whatever and we mentioned this and then it just goes into like everything in your life because you're just like yeah I think you know personally you're finally you know that realization is very powerful but even professionally like is that the moment that made you go okay fuck it I'm gonna start my own production company because this is what I want to do is, was that sort of one of the major clicking points um yeah I mean I've been thinking about starting up my production company for a while now and I've kind of been sitting on it because I wasn't quite sure you know what, what what production I would start with and also it's a big scary world getting into the whole registering a company, a business bank account, all that kind yeah. of stuff. It is definitely something new to me. Um, but I think that part of it was that I'm, I'm actually doing my, and my own production for the first time. So something from beginning to end, we're starting crowdfunding next week. It's going to be a whirlwind, but it's become something that has become the catalyst. It's become the catalyst yeah. to me actually having to do that. So I might have sat on it for another six months, but actually this is good because see me get out of my comfort zone and just go for it and it is out of my comfort zone yeah but I know that that's a good thing yeah because I've done it a lot of times but it has been a while <laughs> so I'm a little <laughs> bit rusty but yeah, I think I, that feeling is it is a recurring thing so yeah and I think that's the sort of main key to it is just finding that balance between you know the everything like I think you know you, you have a certain skill level that you do have and you're like I can be a really sick producer because I've accrued these skills like on the production managing side but then I have these skills that I'm lacking mm -hmm. that I just have to sort of yeah. figure out and the whole um working between you know okay I'm gonna put myself out there I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay with being vulnerable here for a minute and like being outside my comfort yeah. zone and risking it But at the same time, that's what leads you to have skills. Like, that's how you build skills. So if you're not yeah. willing to do that, it's difficult to start bridging yeah. the gap. Yeah, and that vulnerability acts in a way. So by being vulnerable enough to say to people, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. but I know that you can help me. Would you, will you please help me or at least give me some advice? And I, I have some great mentors um, and... I really appreciate all the help they can give me. Sometimes I wonder why they keep answering my questions. But <laughs> the point is, is that that body, it, I mean, it becomes a strength, especially when it you're does. leading a team. And it's really important for leadership because people that follow you will see that you're a normal person. You have a little bit of, you're becoming vulnerable to them and that makes them feel more comfortable. So if I have a, a crew that I'm managing on a, on a film set or on a production, if I say I don't know something, then they actually trust me more so that when I do know what I'm doing, then they don't ask questions. Yeah. They're like, no, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Because I've put out that honesty and that vulnerability up front, which is really important. I think, I think you're like nailed it on the head. This is what I keep saying in all of the like, you know, spectrums of, of a person's life. It's like you, you, it's scary. Like to, to, I think yesterday you said something like, you know, you, you're, everyone's afraid of getting hurt. And that's why we take vulnerability as such a like prickly topic because it's scary to, to open up that door and for 
you know, at the risk of someone taking advantage of, of the information you've given them or, or, you know, willingly hurting you. But I find that that's like one of those like life myths. Like, yeah, okay, there are mean people out there for sure. Like, you're not, you are at risk. But like you just said, the more you open up that door of saying, hey, like I'm a full-blown human being, like I have my shortcomings, these yeah. are them right now, um, yeah. leads someone else to be like, oh, I can actually... I can actually do that. I can actually say that also and be like, huh, okay, if you share that with me, then I don't have to either be faking it or sucking up or doing all this other stuff that we do of like pretending that we're at a certain level that we might not be at or just like reinforcing the level that we do know just to stay on top of our game because this is what we know and staying there. It's like, no, like there's a certain point where that, that when you open up, you know, whether it's to say, this is the project that I want to do, this is the career that I want to take on, this is the tr transition that I'm facing, or I like this guy, maybe I'll tell him, like <laughs> whichever part of, you know, the yeah. life it is, I find that the more we open up, the more, the better we do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to do a really bad pop culture reference now, but the vulnerability and honesty are actually really tied together and the whole thing about being afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. Actually, by being vulnerable and by putting that, that honesty out into the world, they actually can't use it to hurt you anymore. And I, no. I think that you've noticed this through everything you've done. Yeah. But I think the perfect example is like in Pitch Perfect, It's Fat Amy. Yeah. <laughs> because she says, people are like, you call yourself Fat Amy? And she's like, well, yes. And then you skinny bitches can say it behind my back. Exactly. <laughs> But that's so totally it's it. yourself out there. And, and vulnerability and honesty are so closely tied together. And actually, it kind of ends up becoming a strength, not a weakness. For sure. And I think we should pursue that. But I think it's also, it relates back to, um, you know, when um, you said this, you said that, um, You were like, oh, yeah, check out, I guess, like, later in your job, like, check out my side projects. And someone was like, oh, yeah. they're actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were surprised. I don't know why. It's <laughs> actually a little bit offensive. But <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what do you mean? Where is this, like, no expectation coming from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no I think, idea. It's a I, funny thing. Yeah, but I think that's, like, the, the part where you strike a good balance between, you know, you want to do your stuff, so you do it. You're not going around going, look at the cool shit that I did. You're just like, oh, if you want to check it out, here it is. And then people are like, oh, you're taking this seriously. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, it it's not because it's my side hustle that it's a hobby. Like, I mean, it is because it's not my full-time job, but partly, but that's kind of the dream, isn't it? Is to make your hobby into your full-time job. I mean, the job that pays me, I enjoy yeah. and I go to every day and that's fine. But where my heart really lives is in film and that's where I'm trying to get to. And that's not going to happen today or tomorrow. I mean, if and I can be the production manager on the next Star Wars film, that would be awesome. <laughs> But that's not going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> Between now and when that happens, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And one day I'll have the credits and I'll have the experience yeah. and I'll be like, wow, that actually happened really quick. Yeah. At least I hope that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's the that's the crux of it is like that enthusiasm and that passion that shines through just the way that you speak about it is like what sticks. Like and we we do all of this like talk in these like motivation videos or whatever, you know, like these life coaches on Instagram yeah. or whatever. They're like, yeah. you have to hustle and work hard and blah blah blah. Working hard, yes, 
Absolutely. But why do we make it sound so bad? I'm like, you're already working hard in your job that you might not like that much. Why won't you work just as hard yeah. on something that you really want to pursue? And and like we just make it such a big scary thing to work that hard. And it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, especially I think maybe it was the same for you. But I find the jobs where you work the hardest, like, you know, film sets or, you know, things that are intensive in terms of time, you actually end up enjoying the people around you. And like everyone's in the same boat and you make such better mm -hmm. connections with them than, you know, someone that you shared three years with in a nine to five that you had nothing to say to. This is my personal experience. I'm not saying you live it. But no, I... I exactly you're exactly right and you'll you'll hear this a lot on if you ever watch special features on some of the big films especially franchises so anything that's you know a really long tv series or harry potter or lord yeah. of the rings where these actors have been working together for years um they have a much stronger relationship and a much more honest and open relationship that carries on the rest of their lives than most people that you will work with in an office from nine to five. And that is partly because, as I was saying, on a film set, there's not a lot of time to be standing around. Everyone has to pull their weight and it's a busy, hectic space to work in. Don't get me wrong, there are times where you sit around yeah, as well, but sure. it's a lot different to an office where there is space, there's a lot more space for politics. Yeah. Politics happen on film sets too, but they're much more rife in offices. And they're, and more, they're more explosive, I, like because you're under pressure. I'm not saying you're not under pressure in an office, but the office can replace you in 30 seconds. Like, it's not like, you know, yeah. that goes on for years. They're used to doing that. And I think uh, this is bringing me to like a complete like sort of side note. Sorry guys, if this isn't very logically tied in, but yesterday we were talking about competition within the workplace of like, you know, how we are made to think um, throughout your life that, you know, if that you have to work hard because someone else might take your job and that working hard yeah. only means that, you know, you need to get to the top. And I find that that competition inducing talk, that sort of like, impl like uh, implication that there's not enough room for all of us at the top. I'm just like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't get me wrong. A little healthy competition is good. Yeah, it means that things are done better, and you know you kind of up the ante a little bit, yeah. and that's good. But I do think that it's not fair, especially with women and minorities, for yes. people to, for us to put other women or other people down because just because we think that they threaten our position. If we, for example, if you have gotten a good position at a senior level in a company or in a film set or whatever your job is and someone else comes along who's very good and you think that they might be a threat to you, then you shouldn't be stomping them down because you're afraid they're going to take your job. That, there's, enough, there's enough jobs and there's enough senior positions yeah. for all the people that want them. And there's yeah. lots of people that don't want them and that's kind of the beauty of it as exactly. well. Exactly. the people that don't want them, don't get me wrong, a senior position is high stress, a lot of work, busy hours and it's not for everyone but no. for the people that it is right for exactly we should be making space for them because that's what they want to do yeah and they'll be doing a better job because they want it which is why i really don't like you know sort of some of the hierarchies in some of the workplaces because you know i feel like in film and obviously there's major exceptions but i feel like everyone sort of knows that you know Without PAs, nothing gets done. Even though they're the bottom of the bottom of the food chain, you need bodies. Like, you kind of have this understanding that, you know, yes, there's a hierarchy, but we are all super important on this. Because, like, if one tiny thing crumbles, the whole thing falls to the ground. Whereas, like, in an office, 
it's kind of harder to see that cohesion. Like you were saying, there's more room for politics. And so for me, I find it very in interesting when I see someone who perceives someone good as a threat, because I'm like, why wouldn't you think of like, oh, finally I have some support. Finally, I yeah, have someone to yeah use and to pull from and to like learn yeah. from and to be like, all right, cool, you're supplementing the stuff that I'm lacking, and like this can only be good for both of us because we probably yeah. don't want the exact same thing. Like you were saying, like some people like lists and getting things ticked off. Some people need to have like a blank slate and be able to completely take initiative, whichever direction they think is best. And there's all kinds of people in all kinds of jobs. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing as well. Is it, it, that kind of ties on, tying us back to the, the vulnerability and leadership yeah. styles a little bit. The whole idea that someone else who is really good being a threat instead of being a tool is, I, I find just mind-boggling that people don't use this to their advantage in the sense that if I'm a, a leader or a line manager, and like I was saying before, and I'm very honest about what I don't know, yeah. look, these, these are my areas of expertise. A, B, and C. And then this area over here, D, is not my expertise, but I know a little bit about it. And then someone else is who is maybe below me or under me or whatever on yeah. the hierarchy, yeah. quote unquote, as you would say, then if, they're, if they've got the skills in, in subject D, then I should be using those yeah. and leveraging them. And that actually makes us all stronger exactly. rather than pushing them down and then making everybody more worse off. Exactly. So I think that we should be helping each other. And it's the whole, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but the, one of my favorite things um, is the whole concept of paying it forward. Yeah. And someone, um, one of my mentors told me this um, recently, and I asked her a few times for some advice on things. And when I was trying to get, do some progression through my career, And I was always super grateful. And I said, what can I do to thank you? And she said, just pay it forward because, and that's good because, and that's what I'll do. And I'll continue doing that because yeah. not enough people do it. Yeah. I don't want anything return. I want you to continue this cycle of people helping each other yeah. because we'll all be better off for it. Exactly. And that's why I find it's so funny, you know, that thing that we were, we're talking about vulnerability. And every time I prep with people for an episode, I'm like, you know, what is it that you don't want to talk about? Because I'm literally an open book but um but there's always areas that people are like and I think most people are actually like oh, I'm okay with you know everything other than I don't know family or something that's like super personal that you don't want out in the in the public which I totally get but yeah. it's it's and you mentioned this and I thought it was so smart because it's like that double-edged sword between you know being an open book as a person like in your social yeah. spheres with the people that are near you that you, you know, give your trust to and want, you know, to, to build, to surround yourself with. But then also finding a way to get ahead in this society by being open and being vulnerable, but also not giving that leverage to the wrong people and not, you know, not using it as a, like, I, I hate when I'm looking on Instagram, people are like, oh, this is the real life. And I do this all the time. I'm like first offender being like, oh, this is how I look like shit in the morning. And I'm like, I still angled that photo and I still filtered it. So that's not exactly how shit yeah. I look in the morning. I look a little like 5% worse than that. But yeah, <laughs> but I think as long as we accept that every little thing is just pushing it a bit forward like whether it's for you or for mm. someone else or the you know just accepting that everything you choose no matter how big or small the risk is is getting you 
you know, five, 10% closer to where you want to be, then, you know, fuck it. If, yeah. so, if someone uses it against you, that just shows on them. Yeah, and, and to a certain degree, once you say it, they almost can't use it against you because you're like, well, everybody knows already. It's like the whole Fat Amy thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that as well, in with this whole, I think it's about, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's like a, you want to be vulnerable in the right subjects. The whole thing about like you were saying so for you everything everything about your life is an open book but that is your brand that is who you are and that's okay yeah so for me because my brand is I'm a creative producer and I do short film and independent film on the side I am happy to be an open book about everything about my struggles with setting up a business for the first time about balancing with a full-time job about how I have struggles managing a good eating pattern and yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of all that balance and making sure that I go to the gym I'm happy to talk about all of that yeah because that is part of my brand it's exactly the, um, oh, I cannot think of the word that I wanted to use <laughs> it's a curation That's yes yeah it's curated, a curation yes. of your open bookness if that makes sense absolutely and I think that that's so funny because we we need to be more aware of how much everything is curated and how you know the entire process functions like you know I I don't expect people to have a any kind of openness like it's up to them but I keep being like you know regardless of how much I'm like oh this is all perception like I know you know I I'm 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 also building a quote-unquote brand I hate that word but it is what I'm doing and then still like that little like voice inside you of like how is that person doing all of this? How are they doing so well? Like, what is it that I'm not doing? Or like, you know, how do you get to that? Like, that that sort of like comparison that I guess is like innate to a generation born with social media and like all of that stuff. Yeah. I think it's very hard and like we don't, we we are starting to have the conversation as a society of just being like, and I think yesterday you called it like, this is the highlights real. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, like, no. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that it is very interesting, the whole thing about every time you see someone who is really like a high achiever, who has done really well, um, I've actually, I've seen a few people like this who I look at them and I go, where do you find the time, honestly? Because I think in my own life and I'm like, I can't fit everything in. Yeah. I don't know how you people do it. And I, I manage time for a living. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can't figure out how to fit everything in. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that means something. But I think that actually what it comes down to is, like I was saying, it's about the highlights reel. So it looks like they're fitting in tons of stuff. And yes, they've achieved a lot. But what you don't see is what they haven't achieved. And yeah. what they haven't, the goals they haven't hit. Yeah. I have friends who... They're always off doing things and, you know, they got married a few years ago and they were freelancing, they were doing films and they were running a marathon <laughs> and, you know, those kind of things. They're like, how are you doing this? And I actually had a drunken, broken down conversation with them one day. And I was like, how do you do it all? Seriously. And she's yeah. like, we don't. We don't do it all. <laughs> but that's because you're seeing the things that they do, not the things yeah. that they don't do. I know. And it's the same it's the same for all of us, I think. Yeah. So people see that, yes, I've got a new job. And yes, I've started a production company. And I've now got this new film I've started. 
but they don't see that I haven't been to the gym in two months. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm finally going back to kickboxing this week, which is really a big deal for me. Um, but that's a really good example of it what is. you see and what you don't see and how everybody has the exact same amount of time in the day. Yeah. And nobody gets extra or less. It is all the same. And it's how you use it. And it's like I was saying earlier, it's okay if you decide to not use that time yeah. for a bit. Because yeah. Because maybe you'll actually be, you'll use that time Inspired more later or, because yeah. you took that time off. Exactly. And I think that's very funny because we, we I, th- I, I don't know, I think in Europe it's a bit different. And, and you'll tell me if you notice this, but I think in North America it's specifically toxic in that everyone tries not to take time off and not to take the vacation and work harder because, you know, it's a very sort of North American thing to be like, you know, you got to hustle and be the one who gets there and blah, 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 blah. The American dream. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, the fuck? Like, I, how are you supposed <laughs> to live with 10 days off? Like, I moved here when I graduated from UBC and I went to my first corporate job and they're like, right, you have two weeks. I was like, excuse me, what? Because <laughs> in Switzerland, you have five weeks mandatory plus 12 holidays. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and um, everyone is like really um, chastising you if you don't take your time off. They're like, go, like, breathe yeah exactly and i actually had this is a perfect opening for this actually i had a conversation with colleagues um back in vancouver right before i left from england and this was around the time of um will and kate's wedding yeah uh and and they got an extra bank holiday and i remember talking about it with my colleagues back in in Canada at the time and I was like wow they got an extra holiday just for a royal wedding that's epic and also they have like these this five weeks holiday yeah and somebody said to me they were like how do they get anything done and I was like actually probably get more done because they're well rested exactly <laughs> no, but that's for sure so it's a big difference and actually I find it even more funny that people here especially in the UK Sometimes you'll find people who are like, oh, we don't get enough holiday. Look at how much they get yeah. in France. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, would you like two weeks? Because you should be happy with what you got. <laughs> no, but it's really funny. I'm and- being biased because I used to have two weeks. Yeah. And now I've got five and have to find things to do with it. <laughs> For sure. But I think it's all about perspective. And I think it's also a really good indication of how much we don't in North America value mental health. Like, this is why we have no, so many true. issues. You cannot constantly be on the verge of burnout. Like, especially no. if you're a creative or if you're an industry that demands of you that, you know, you have two jobs and you work, like, insane hours, which is what I really like about, you know, when you get into the film industry and there's, like, you work on a project and then after the project, if you need one month or two months off, that's totally normal. Like, it's it, it's expected yeah. of you to have some recoup time. And I think it's very interesting that we don't address this as much and everyone's like how do you do it all and I'm like this is why we burn out this is why we have these conversations about feeling inadequate about the amount of things that we achieve is because we don't take any time to think about just like resting and being balanced and taking backup kickboxing and you know like Yeah. And it is an interesting thing that, like, for example, I mean, this is a perfect time that we're having this conversation, really, because I just left my job of seven years yeah. last week. It was my last day. Yeah. And on Monday, I start a new job. And I took this week off on purpose. And I know that I'm going to be raring to go. I'm already, like, raring to go on Monday. I've had some rest. And I have 
gone back to kickboxing. I've got my life back on track. I, I mean, back on yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I have, you know, I've cleared out my wardrobe and I've done a bit of organizing around the house and it makes you feel so much better. And if I had just gone straight from one job to the new one, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have been in the same headspace. No. And I wouldn't have been, um, I still would have been excited, but I don't think that I would have been as on the ball, if you will. Yeah, you would have been you know, so like much you're more ready to take on any challenge now, yeah. or I am anyway. And it didn't. It, it's not going to be overwhelming. Whereas if you didn't have time to just like no. breathe between the two and go like, okay, you know, I'm gonna yeah. like mourn this seven years and like put a nice little bow on it and like you know be like that's exactly. what that was and then sort of like open up a brand new notebook for for the other one and I think it's. It's, it's so I do cool. have an action notebook, by the way, because I'm yes. a freak like that. <laughs> I love it. But like all your stationery, I love like, going it. Back to school almost. But I did the same thing when yeah. I when I got back to Vancouver. I was like, all right, I need like a new agenda, and I need like uh, yeah. pens. I'm like, I've been living in a suitcase for like two years, so I was like, yeah. oh my god, pens! <laughs> I was like such a fucking nerd, but um, but I think it it's. It just shows if you can have, I think this is like the, the funnest part about having this conversation with you is like that enthusiasm that you have for your projects and that passion that you have for the goals that you want to achieve. It's transpires in all of your life. So if you, you know, and I hate saying yeah. this because for the longest time I didn't know what my passion was. So I felt really uncomfortable and I felt very sort of disappointed with myself and inadequate a lot because everyone was like follow your dreams and I was like what the fuck do you do if you don't have a dream like it's just like a very <laughs> stupid saying yeah. like I don't know what I want to do but stumble on it like you said like you yeah do things on the side sometimes you don't yeah and sometimes you don't know what's going to be and don't get me wrong I know that it might sound easy oh it's film production you can do that on the side it's actually really not but also there are lots of other types of things that you can do and I, I think you'll actually see this in lots of you know like we were saying it's motivational speakers yeah. and things like that that are really hard to actually relate to half the time yeah. but they actually have they always say that whatever it is that is your hobby that you would want to do every day yeah some things are really hard to make into, into a job but it's not impossible especially nowadays with the internet and how many things you can do for free or yeah. just by social media. Social media is free. Yeah. I mean, they say this a lot. Whenever you go to any sort of film talk, if, they want, if you don't want to market your film, it's social media. That's the cheapest place to do it. Because Every... you don't have to pay for adverts. You don't have to pay for marketing. It's just you and social media account, <laughs> a phone or a laptop. Exactly. Um, and don't get me wrong. It is hard setting it up. I've actually oh. just done it for the next short film that I'm doing. I know. And I followed you. You're like, okay, I've got two tweets. And now I need to get followers. <laughs> so, but once it's going, yeah. it is the best place it to is. market everything. And, and, and the, you get people that you know to retweet. And it's it just, like I said before, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really time consuming. It makes me want to throw my fucking phone in the ocean for the next year and a half. How much <laughs> time I spend on social media marketing my book. And someone actually asked yeah. me that yesterday. They were like, so where do you do your... Um, publicity and I was just like, <laughs> just like I spend eight hours on Instagram every day like trying to get ideas yeah. and trying to like like and follow and you know I, I, I suck at tweeting but I try and like I you know the podcast typically is just like a way of getting everyone to talk about their project so it's you know in a sort of 
indirect way promoting all of our work and and having interesting conversations that I find way more productive than, you know, liking someone's cool neon sign on Instagram. I say this because I just posted a picture of a neon sign. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, it's just you, there are things you can do. And even when I was uh, looking for an editor for my book and I spent some time on Upwork and Fiverr and like finding these communities of freelancers and people who work within the gig industry, people shit on that so much. And I'm like, it's actually the way that we are going. Like everyone wants to try their hand at things. And if you want to try your hand, you just got to like work for free or do a project that's like tiny and minuscule and see what you learn and if you like it and and where it goes. Yeah. And sorry to sidetrack. Can I talk yeah. for a minute just a little bit about yeah. working for free? Because that's a really interesting point. Mm-hmm. I um, In my work on film productions in the last couple of years, these have all been passion projects. So they are things that nobody's getting paid for. I'm not. And I do realize, of course, I am lucky. I have a full-time job. Don't get me wrong, it's hectic, but that job pays me. And I, that means I can afford to do this stuff on the side because I don't yeah. need to get paid for it. Yeah. And I take annual leave. I take holiday for yeah. film shoots, yeah. which is weird, I know. Um, and... Uh, but I find it super interesting that you will find a lot of people, especially on all of the Facebook groups for film and for finding crew, that they will they'll openly just they'll troll you on all the groups and they'll be like, How dare you? How dare you not pay people and not give them a fair wage, at least give them minimum wage, London living working wage and all of that. And I find it it's you'll usually find that these are the people who have never done it. They've never had to do it. And I kind of think that they are either a little bit more privileged or they've been lucky and they've not had to do it or they've never been in production and they had to deal with money because if they had, they would know that it's not that we don't want to pay people. Yeah. Like I, I would love to pay everyone, Yeah. but it, you, there's just no budget, especially in film. It's really hard to get funding as it is and to even be able to make it in the first place is an achievement. Exactly. Never if- mind. I, so if I could pay people... That would be great. I'd love it. But what I really don't like is when people troll others for what they have know nothing about. And, and I think I that's, you're, it, you're so amazing right. how often this happens. Yeah. And I think that it's very important for people, like this is, I think, a symptom of our society in general of jumping to this is bad or this is good. Like it, it's either positive or negative. There's nothing in the middle. I, like, I yeah. hate that binary frame of thinking. But... The other day I was like looking, because I have a book event next week, plug, plug, next week, uh, Thursday the the 13th at the Emerald from 6 till 9 p.m. in Vancouver, my book launch. And in London and in Geneva, I had photographers for the event because typically people like kind of dress up and it's fun and there's like adult coloring. So there's like cool stuff, whatever, to create content. And I was lucky in Geneva to have friends who were photographers who just like did it for fun. In London, when I had actual budget for the first book launch, I hired a photographer. I paid him like his regular wage, like came out of my fundraiser. That was in the budget. But the other day I was talking to someone. I was like, oh, it'd be nice if I could like find um, uh, someone who's starting out in photography in Vancouver and just give him the opportunity to add to his portfolio. And people are like, oh, but like you need to pay people for that. I'm like, yes, there is a freaking line between people who are getting paid for what they do and asking them to do yeah. it for free, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. But yeah. if 
if there are people out there, which there are students or people who have a full-time job who just want to try their hand at something, try and transition out of one into the other, that's where that yes. tiny space is for like, okay, let's do a project together. We're both going to spend a lot of time doing whatever it is, this film, this shoot, this whatever, and it will benefit, I don't know, your image and my portfolio. And that's where that space is useful. And that's what a lot of these trolls no. forget is that there is always no. a reason for why people choose to work for free or not. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it is that person's choice yeah. if they decide to work for free. And also, the thing is, don't get me wrong, I, I've come from working with lots of creatives and trying to be a creative most of yeah. the time. I know exposure doesn't pay the bills. I know that portfolios don't pay the bills, but they do help. And you'd be surprised about if you really are passionate about what you do and you really want to do something, then you'll do it just because you have fun doing it. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, I am not going to ask my plumber to do something no. for free. That is completely different. But, but I'm not really, even... Like say, there is this space yeah. that, is, that is good for. Yeah, and I'm, I wouldn't even like, you know, it's kind of, I always refer to it as like your friend who's like a massage therapist. Like for me, that's the perfect yeah. example because plumbing, you know, requires equipment or whatever. And so does, you know, videography and so does like editing. Yeah. You have to pay for your software or whatever. Your friend who's a massage therapist, yeah. obviously it costs her or him their time. Nothing yeah. else than their hands. But you're not like, you're never going to be like, hey, can you book me in for 2 p.m. for a free massage? You would never do that. Like, so don't do yeah. that. But if you're happening yeah. to be sitting on the couch next to them and you're both having a good time, you're like, hey, this thing hurts. And they'll be like, oh, I'll help you out. That's where that line is. Like, you know, we're both yeah. choosing to spend time together doing something that we, you know, either a project or something that benefits each other at some point. I'll do something for you at some point, And that's how it works. Yeah, and I think it is, it is about mutual respect. It's about the fact that yeah. you know that I would love to pay you, but I can't. Or that I know that you really want to just do some work and get some exposure and you're trying to transition. I mean, I the reason I did this stuff for free was because I didn't want to start at the bottom. Yeah. I wanted to sustain my current lifestyle and keep going with the job I had and then go at the same level and move over. And yeah. the only way to do that was to do some free work on the side yeah. because that's... That's just the easiest way to do it. And yeah. then if it doesn't work out, that's okay because I'm still getting paid at another job. Exactly. And, and that's why I don't mind starting at the bottom because right now I don't have another yeah. job. So I might as well like learn as much as I can yeah, from a ground exactly. up perspective. And I think people just forget that. or I'm, And I'm sure there's a lot of clueless people out there who do, who do get taken advantage of like in many yeah. of these scenarios where they should be getting paid. And that is an issue that we should talk about. But... Yes. I feel like we ignore a lot of the gray zone where it's mutually beneficial to just help each other out. Yeah, and especially things like passion projects yeah. um, or people who are, you can help each other in some way. And I think it really does, like I was saying, it comes down to honesty and to a respect between those individuals. And I don't think it's anybody's place really to, from the outside to be poking holes on that relationship between those two people unless they see something that really is wrong. Yeah. Like if I posted something on Facebook and I said, I need a runner for this film. And by the way, our budget is 2 million, but we can't pay this person. Then yeah, by all means, take me down. Yeah. But I'm talking about project that probably has a budget of less than 25k maximum yeah and I myself am not getting paid and I'm doing the majority of the work yeah <laughs> so I think it's literally about looking at the situation and I, I find it 
fascinating how many people don't realize this. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm a bit of a bad look. my bad. Oh, you're talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the whole point of podcasts. But I want to ask you before we wrap it up, um, is there something that you wanted to say to anyone who finds themselves at sort of a crossroads or like unhappy or scared to, to make like a change? What is there something that you're just like you wish someone would have told you? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think put on the spot, I would probably say that you kind of just have to go for it. But in the sense that if you have a support network, then that's okay to just yeah. go for it. Yeah. If you've got friends and you've got family who are there to help you, then that's great. And yeah. use that to your advantage. Yeah, surround I yourself. I came to London without any friends or family here. I knew nobody when I arrived. And that was super scary. But I kind of did it on adrenaline, I think, mm -hmm. maybe. Just in yeah. terms of like the excitement and doing something new. And I look back and I was like, no, I was excited. My friends were like, you were scared shitless. <laughs> you don't remember it. And I think it really is, is taking that step off the ledge. Yeah. Um, that sounded really not the way I meant. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying anybody's suicidal. But what I mean is, it's taking that, Take that, the leap. that leap. Yeah. And just trusting yourself that you can do it. It's a lot about trusting yourself. If yeah. you know you can do something, you will. then go and do it. Yeah. A lot of it is about the passion yeah. and it is about the grinding and the being willing to do what it takes yeah. to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And you will hit bumps along the way because it's life's a roller coaster right now. Yeah. 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 But that is part of it. Yeah. Totally. I could not agree more. So I'm just going to thank you for your time and your wise words and um, your you. willingness to um, have me put you on the spot. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'll put Keep all of my the, <laughs> I'll put all the description of your website and everything so that people can go click and like. And next week, you guys can also participate in the crowdfunding for her new project. Um, so if you feel yeah. like doing that, that'll be there. <laughs> and then yeah, so as for me, um, the event if you're in Vancouver next week, if not, just rate, subscribe, follow, like, whatever other terms we have for social media enforcement, do that. All the, all the things, all the social media things. All the things. And in the meantime, I'm going to wish you a beautiful Friday evening. Have a great weekend and speak to you next week.